I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 184 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today's guest is a mixed martial arts instructor who drops a new book on us today, available now, which he co-authored with his wife. The title is Resilience Parenting. The author is Chris Santillo, and he will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. I told you guys I was going to try and lock it in with a jockey in preparation for this year's Kentucky Derby. And yesterday, I had an awesome conversation about fatherhood with one of the top jockeys in the country. And he will be saddling one of the top contenders in this year's Run for the Roses. So make sure you're following me over on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out just who it's going to be. I'm going to be making that announcement soon. And I can't wait to bring you guys that interview next week. As for the rest of this week, tomorrow on the podcast will be the grandson of the late former president, George H.W. Bush, and the current Texas Land Commissioner, George P. Bush, is going to be here with me. So please, subscribe to the podcast. You do not want to miss out on that one. And I've got some exciting news on the home front here to share with you. I became a great uncle yesterday. My niece, Christine, gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. I became an uncle at a very young age. Actually, uh, the day I was born, I became an uncle because I have a nephew that's about a month or so older than I am. Uh, But I'm now 38 years old and a great uncle. So congratulations to my niece, Christine. She has made my sister a grandmother for the first time, which is very exciting. And my nephew, Ryan, is now an uncle. He is the one that's responsible for the music intro that you hear at the beginning and the very end of each and every episode. Uh, He is a very talented drummer, and his band, Like Minded, put out some great tunes, and that's the song that you always hear at the beginning intro and always on my outro, all right? So I just wanted to share a little bit of that message with you, and I will be definitely recommending the book written by today's guest, Resilience Parenting, to my niece and all of you listeners out there as well. If you just tap the link in the description of today's podcast episode, you can find out where you can get your copy, all right? So let's go, dads. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I'm going to jump into the action right now with author Chris Santillo. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a mixed martial arts instructor, and he is the author of a new book titled Resilience Parenting, Raising Resilient Children in an Era of Detachment and Dependence, which he co-authored with his wife, Holly. It is a big privilege for me to say, Chris Santillo, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Good to be here. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three sons, uh, ages 6, 8, and 10. All right, awesome. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Well, my wife and I are both both, uh, martial arts instructors, so it's a little uh, runs in the family kind of thing. That's their primary activity. They've all been uh, participating, in mar- participating in the martial arts since they were about three and a half years old. And, um, and uh, I don't want to say it's obligatory, but they're not allowed to quit. And, uh, and they, they, they love it. They do some other stuff. They do some, uh, you know, some outdoorsy stuff, some natural leader kind of, um, you know, uh, building shelters and lighting stuff on fire in the woods, uh, playing with knives. They do some of that kind of stuff and, and uh, running amok in the neighborhood, I guess, would be their, uh, 
third. Very cool. Okay, we had our three boys and then got the girl with our fourth try. Are you guys going to be trying for the girl, or you're all set? We are We are content exactly where we are. I have exactly the uh, the family dynamic we were we were dreaming of. My wife likes the fact that she is the, the sole uh, female in the house, I think, and, um, and we're all set. <laughs> all right, Chris, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay. Uh, I teach martial arts. I've been doing that for pretty much my whole life. Um, and uh, we spent the last couple of years kind of taking the knowledge that we learned in that endeavor. And then obviously what we figured out in the last 10 years of parenting with our three kids and uh, recently wrote a book called Resilience Parenting, uh, Raising Resilient Children in an Era of Detachment and Dependence, and kind of talking about some of the challenges that face uh, parents here in the 21st century and how we can uh, be the best possible parents to our kids. And then just for fun, uh, the same day that the book launches, we're taking a sabbatical and we're going to spend the next couple of years traveling around the world with our kids. Wow, that's awesome, Chris. And the new book drops today. Where can my listeners go to grab a copy? Thank you. Uh, we're at resilienceparenting.info, and then, of course, we're available on Amazon.com. Yeah, and I'm a quarter of the way through the book here, Chris. I received the copy you were kind enough to send me in the mail the other day here, and it's right up my alley. I can't wait to finish it. And I think in a lot of ways, parents today, you know, we kind of simulate certain scenarios for our kids that we experienced, uh, but we didn't do it with parents and coaches and referees watching over us all the time. And I think we kind of rob our kids of the opportunity to grow and learn some of those, uh, you know, important problem-solving skills early on. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that, that we, every time a, an adult comes in and tries to make sure that the situation works the way the adult thinks it should, just like you say, we, we rob the child of that opportunity to problem solve and to sort it out and to, you know, for the older kids to take a lead and leading the, uh, the younger kids as when is appropriate and uh, learning how to kind of solve their problems on their own. And I think that, uh, I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're robbing kids of a lot of those opportunities for growth and development. And I think it's, uh, I think it's hurting them in the long run. Yeah, and I think that failure is such an important part of growth and the evolution into adulthood. So how can we kind of equip our kids with the tools necessary to handle failure that is inevitable to come their way? Uh, great question. It, our Kind of our premise in our book is that resilience is an outgrowth of having uh, a good balance of connectedness and independence, that we want to develop our kids to both be simultaneously connected to you know, friends, family, and the world around them, while at the same time really independent, able to trust their own instincts and stand up for themselves and have the initiative and all the things that go along with that. And that, that uh, and I, and I, we make a very strong point. I, I worry uh, that, that people uh, that don't see this clearly sometimes, that there isn't a, there isn't a trade-off between the two, but rather uh, we can both be independent and we can be connected. And by doing that, by raising kids who are independent and connected, then when something goes wrong and they fail, um, they're able to get up. They have a lot of the independence and strength that will help them get up and go on their own. And they also have the connections to people around them that will help them if, if when that's necessary. Because sometimes they're, you need to lean on other people and, and having those connections um, are going to be necessary in a lot of situations in life. Yeah, well said. And I think one of the difficult things facing dads or just parents in general is that, you know, we use the experience that we had growing up with our parents almost to kind of dictate the way we choose to parent. And, and if you had a bad experience or a troubled childhood or bad parenting all around, you can easily incorporate some of these bad habits into your own parenting style. So how can a dad or a mom kind of break that mold and develop a new style of parenting on their own? <laughs> it's a tough one, right? Because we're, we're all a product of our environment. We're a product of our upbringing. Um, 
you know, we, we all have to kind of forge our own path. And I, I you know, we, we lean very heavily on the resources around us. You know, I, I must have read a thousand parenting books before my kid turned, uh, you know, turned one. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking for knowledge. And some things resonate and some things don't resonate. You know, that there's a lot of information, but not everything works for everyone. And uh, just reaching out to the people around us and being comfortable having what I consider oftentimes awkward conversations with people about their own parenting and how they're raising their kids and what their results are because all of our experiences are largely anecdotal until we get to a, a larger pool, until we find someone with the uh, experience. Uh, I was speaking to someone um, just the other day, and uh, they have one child. He's three years old, and they're having certain challenges. And, you know, I very, very gently, you know, everyone needs to find their path, as we're saying, but we're kind of gently saying, you know, well, there's some, some things that you might consider, and obviously every kid's different, but here are some things that we found to be successful in the thousands of kids that we've worked with over the years. And I said, oh, well, no, 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 that's not the right tactic. And I said, well, you know. You know, try it on. You know, <laughs> try it on a little while and give it a give it a go and see how that works and see if that if that works and resonates with you um, before you dismiss it. Because there's a lot of a lot of wisdom out there that we could all we could all be better parents. And I think it's the the strive and drive to try to be a better parent every day that you know that kind of makes us um, you know opens up our potential. Yeah, and one of the greatest things about fatherhood, Chris, is that it is an isolated experience. You know, everyone has their own unique journey, and to have all these resources available to us just to kind of pull ideas and workshop different things is great uh, because it really is, you know, an on-the-job and a trial-and-error type of process for sure. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, as you and I were talking about before, um, becoming a parent is, uh, you know, especially a father, is not always uh, portrayed as positively as, as many of us find it to be. And they kind of getting out there with that message and saying, you know, this is, I love being a parent and I love being a father. And, and it, it changed our lives so dramatically when it happened. Um, and, and finding ways to prioritize that over, you know, everything else that goes on in life. Uh, because, you know, it, it's important. <laughs> it's it's uh, arguably the most important thing I will do on this planet is raise these three boys. And uh, certainly the most gratifying thing that I, that I uh, have the privilege of doing. And um, and just trying to do the best job I can of that, and the best job we each can do, uh, can do of uh, our our journey as uh, being our uh, going through our journey as fathers is um, is is all we can hope for in life. I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. And, and I do think that if you just watch the dads that are portrayed on TV and in the movies, you would say to yourself, why on earth would I even want to be a dad? You know, and, and the version of dads that we see couldn't be further from the truth. And that's why I think it's so important to kind of get the perspective of fatherhood from all different walks of life here. So um, how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? It is now time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Chris Santillo. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R. D-A-P-P dot com. Um, how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? <laughs> well, I had, a very, I had a very different idea of what was important. Like, you know, I always, as I, when I was young, I always kind of viewed I was going to be a father someday. And I was always kind of in my projected narrative. 
Um, and um, But I did not anticipate how much it would supplant uh, everything else in life uh, in terms of importance. Um, and so, you know, my everyone's journey is a little bit different, kind of like you were alluding to differently. You know, I, I cut back on my work very significantly. I, I downsized my business a little bit as my kids started getting uh, older. Uh, and now we're taking this, uh, this two-year uh, trip around the world with the kids, um, which is not the career trajectory that I had planned, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Um, but when you wake up one day and you realize, you know, this is, this is our one shot at this, and I have, I have three kids, and they're going to be kids exactly once, and, um, and I could, you know, I could be at the office until late and, uh, or I could, you know, figure out how to shift things around and try to get home a little bit earlier and work from home when I can and, you know, all the different levers that, that, uh, that, that we can pull, uh, to, to spend more time with them. Yeah, I kind of, uh, threw my world a little upside down, but in a very positive way. Um, so, you know, you look back, you're 20, I, I'm not where I thought I'd be 20 years from now, but I'm a heck of a lot happier than I thought I would be. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the case for many of us. And, and as far as the trip around the world here for the next two years, what has the kids' reaction been to that? To, you know, are they kind of embedded where you live right now with their friends and all that? Do they have mixed feelings about the trip or, or are they excited about it? I think on the whole, they're, they're really excited. Um, they, uh, they obviously are going to miss some of their friends and some of the, uh, you know, the activities that they have locally that, you know, that obviously uh, uh, is to be expected. Uh, but on the whole, you know, we've always traveled a lot, and this is just a big adventure to them. Just uh, last week, my my wife kind of wanted to record for posterity um, what their feelings are right now. So she had all the kids dress up, and one by one, she we interviewed them. So we have we have for our own personal archive, we have a video uh, um, interviews with the kids of you know uh, with their mom interviewing them. I was like, so what are you excited about on this trip, and what are you bringing in your backpack? And uh, if I can plug it real quick, our blog is uh, five backpacks dot family. And, um, and so that obviously is one of the big questions is what do you, when, when everything you own has to fit in a backpack, what do you put? Uh, but I think on the whole, they're, uh, they're very excited and, uh, they they have adventuresome, adventuresome minds and, uh, they're excited to see, you know, different people, different places, make new friends, uh, and see, see the world. Yeah, that definitely sounds like an exciting adventure for sure. Uh, how about the technology, Chris? Many parents are struggling with this, and myself included. So how do you kind of handle video games, YouTube, and all the stuff like that with your kids? Well, <laughs> I'll give two answers if that's all right. So one is I, we kind of steer away from the topic in, in our book uh, because it's not the, the premise of the book and the overarching methodology of parenting that we are advocating for doesn't, uh, doesn't get into that minutia. Um, so it's not really a addressed in our book, but as a, personally, uh, we steer about as clear of it as we can manage. The, the, um, the kids don't really play video games. Uh, they have a, we have an old decommissioned phone, uh, that they do, uh, we they call it a language learning phone and they have, uh, you know, Duolingo and Babbel and, and, and Quizlet and Rosetta Stone and that kind of stuff. And so they're, they're trying to learn some, uh, Spanish and Russian in advance of our trip. And, um, they do a little bit of math tutoring, um, uh, on one of the other things, and then obviously they're getting to the age where they have essays to write and stuff, so they type those. But um, they 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 don't do YouTube, they don't do video games. Um, I've heard of Fortnite, but it doesn't enter my household, and um, and we try to limit the uh, the exposure. I'm a I'm a techno skeptic. I I I think that uh, I'm a little worried about what um, all of the exposure technology is doing to all of us, but obviously especially our children. So we try to. We try to spend as little time engaged with it as possible. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. But one of the difficult things about it, like in my case or for anybody that's in this kind of field, if you're not present online or on social media, you're missing out on a large portion of the market. And I never had any social media accounts until I started the podcast up. But uh, if you're not careful, you can easily get roped into some of the nonsense that's available and sidetracked for, you know, it could be a couple of hours on there. So uh, this stuff can either rot your brain or it can make you a fortune, depending on how you use it. Well, yeah, we talked about that. Like if What's so neat about social media, you know, whether you were talking about a kid or an adult, is if you have a very specialized hobby or interest, you can connect to people all over the world when you might otherwise not know anyone in your neighborhood with your own hobby, and that's kind of awesome. And if you're hypothetically traveling around the world for a couple of years, your kids can, from Asia, uh, you know, video conference with their grandparents, and that's awesome. So there's some aspects of the social media and the technology and the screens that are just so powerful and so wonderful for building connection and the relationships that are so important to us. But it's also possible that you start, you know, wholesale trading in your real friends for, for uh, you know, uh, Facebook friends, and, um, and, and you just stop having real connections with people. And then I feel like it's uh, uh, a danger uh, to your well-being. And, and, you know, it's a rabbit hole that, that I think we all just have to be a little bit careful of. Yeah, and the ability to FaceTime or Skype from anywhere in the world is one of the best features of this technology, I think. But on the on the other side of the coin, it has really crippled the communication skills among this younger generation. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're all going to spend the next decade uh, living and parenting as we think best, and then we'll all find out, you know, what, what we should have done in retrospect. You know, <laughs> I spoke to someone just the other day who's worried that if his kids don't spend enough time uh, engaged, you know, he has a, he's a computer engineer, so he has, he's, he's coming from a slightly different perspective. Um, uh, if his kids don't spend enough time engaged with uh, games and social media and, and, and all of this stuff, that they won't be prepared to have uh, you know, a career that he considers to be successful. And, and maybe he's right. And, you know, I, as a martial arts instructor who spends, you know, 24-7 face-to-face with other human beings, um, I, I think that, that, that not cultivating that ability to engage with people is, uh, is, uh, is going to be detrimental to their future. So, you know, maybe I'm right. You know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, how about discipline? What type of, uh, what is your discipline style as a father? Uh, you know, we do a little bit of everything. One of our, our, our go-to and our, our first line of defense is education. We, we talk about this in the book, that when a child doesn't do what they, you know, quote-unquote, should do or you expect them to do or you want them to do, it's usually kind of a breakdown either and they don't know how to do it or they don't know uh, that, how important it is, that, it, that it's something that they really should, you know, be prioritizing. And... Um, so the first line of defense is always educating. Like, first of all, you know, ascertaining where the breakdown. Do you not know how to clear the table, or did you not know that I expected you to clear the table, or did you not know that that, that was important? You know, where where's the breakdown here? And um, and then once we figure out um, where the breakdown is, then we want to lead with education. All right, well let's let's practice and let's do ten reps. We joke about it all the time. It's it's reps, it's reps. You know, if you didn't. Um, you know, if you didn't uh, put the toilet seat down or you didn't clear the table or you didn't do what I told you to do uh, or you talked back, you know, you, you were rude when you interrupted me while I was speaking to another adult or something, then let's just, let's, let's do what you should do and let's do 10 reps. And because uh, that's how we good at every, get good at everything else in life is we, we knock out reps. And um, so uh, go clear the table 10 times and uh, then you'll probably do a better job remembering tomorrow. And then obviously, so that's kind of like level one go-to. Um, and uh, and then 
from backing off from there, obviously there's an appropriate place for, for uh, timeouts and spanking and, you know, and, and whatever within each family. Um, but the more our personal experience, uh, both in the, the studio with the, with all the, the thousands of people that we've uh, gotten to work with over the years, as well as our own kids, is the more often that we can jump to education and teaching and explaining why this is important and how it's properly done and, you know, why you should, you know, be doing what I'm hoping that you'll do, um, the, the better my outcomes are, which is not, I, again, to say that that's going to be the only solution to every problem, uh, but my days go so much smoother when I teach my kids things than when I do anything else. Okay, very cool. And what type of uh, formats is the book available in? Print and, print and ebook. I think the uh, uh, will both be available on Amazon and then through you know whatever other platforms pick it up from there. Awesome. And as I said earlier, there is a link in the description of this podcast episode. So my listeners, just tap the link, get over there, grab yourself a copy. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Chris, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, that's a great question. Um, just just get in there, um, get on the court, get out of the stands, and uh, engage with your kids. Um, be uh, comfortable and confident developing connection with them while at the same time encouraging them to be independent and, uh, and just realize that you got one shot at this and you're not going to be perfect and you're going to make tons of mistakes, but that's okay. And, uh, but, but you should spend as much of your energy prioritizing that as possible because that's how you're going to do the best, not just for your kid, but for yourself. Well said. I love the advice. You are a first-class father all the way here. I wish you the best of luck with the book. And I got to say, Chris Santillo, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Great. Thanks so much, Alec. Appreciate it. Okay. I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Chris Santillo for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to hear your feedback. And then lock it in. Tomorrow on the show, we have got the Texas Land Commissioner, George P. Bush, the son of former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, stopping by the show. So that's going to be exciting. Thursday, we got Good Morning America, meteorologist Rob Marciano. Friday, the father of SEAL Team 6 operator Rob O'Neill. Thomas O'Neill will be joining me here, okay? A lot of action still to come your way, and follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace. I will be making the announcement soon. I have got one of the top jockeys in the nation joining me next week to get us ready for the Kentucky Derby, so that's going to be awesome as well. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.